Isn't this lovely, dear, walking along the shores of Canto Bight? I don't know, dear. It feels like I'm getting sunburned. At night? <laughs> Are you so pale that you're at risk of getting moonburn? That's no moon. Did you put on the Tuscan tan like I told you? Uh, no. Now you've done it. Tuscan tan sunscreen, guaranteed to protect you from a single reactor blast or moonlight. Don't want to end up like Alderan. Grab a bottle of Tuscan tan. Tuscan tan has not been authorized for use on Mustafar. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. That's not a moon. You may fire when ready. I've got a bad feeling about this. I am altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. You must unlearn what you have learned. You felt a great disturbance in the force. I suggest a new strategy, Art. You underestimate the power of the dark side. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. As usual, I am Ro, and with me, as always, the butt to my scuttle, and it wouldn't be the same butt without Brad. How goes it in your part of the galaxy, Brad? How you doing? The nicest butt in the galaxy. Uh, oh, I'm yeah. doing great. Yeah, man, it's, it's always sunny on Scarif. Happy to be here. Excellent, excellent. Uh, so, uh, you know, this is uh, kind of, uh, what's the last time we got together? It seems like a long time. I know I, I'm actually on a, uh, a business trip. Uh, yeah. We're doing this episode from the, uh, from at least I am, from the hotel room. But uh, we just, uh, you know, I just posted a, uh, a Twitter post, the show must go on. And I'm really excited to uh, talk about this uh, this episode and really excited just to get another episode, uh, you know, uh, in the books. But uh, this is this is going to be a good one. Yeah, I mean, it looks like you're uh, we're doing this this one via hologram, you know, like the Jedi Council did from time to time. You're not where you normally are. Um, but yeah, excited to, to uh, talk. I mean, we've had our, uh, you know, Friday night get togethers and the, the Scarif live, but uh, it's good to be recording again and uh, excited that we're going to try out a new format. Want to announce that tonight or on this episode here, uh, whenever you guys listen to this, but uh, we're going to try something new. We're going to have a shorter um, you know, period, time period where we're recording and uh, we're going to compact as much good information and content as we can into a shorter of uh, time frame. Uh, we're shooting for about a half hour. You know, we both love to talk, so we can't guarantee that. Um, but we're yeah. trying to shoot for, uh, you know, that, that trip to, to work or back home or whenever you want to listen to us. Uh, you know, I'm sure we'll go uh, from time to time into our deep dives and have longer conversations. But for, you know, we want to put out more content uh, in a smaller package. So uh, I'm, I'm excited for that and we'll see how it goes on this episode. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, we, we always love to hear what you guys think. If you guys like this format a little better uh, than the longer deep dives, uh, we, uh, we're happy to hear what you have to say. Just uh, tweet at us or shoot us a voicemail over at uh, the Scare of Scuttlebutt hotline, 773-234-8659. Um, but, uh, Brad, yeah, it's very exciting. We were talking about this topic uh for a while and we finally got uh got the gumption to get together and do this but uh 
you know, with everything that's been going on, I mean, we we kind of uh, you, this franchise is one that uh, you really you really can't run out of things to to talk about, um, especially with uh, some of the new stuff that's coming out. I know everybody is uh, you know waiting in the wings and biting their nails for uh, we're less than thirty days away from the new season of The Mandalorian. Um, how exciting is that, Brad? That is very exciting. And, uh, you know, you might know the topic of our uh, conversation by Fulcrum. Uh, we're, of course, going to talk about Ahsoka on this episode. And uh, I think she's become like a sort of a, a beacon these days for, for Star Wars characters. There's, uh, for the Star Wars universe, there's so much uh, division amongst fans about, you know, uh, you know, different topics, the sequel trilogy, what have you. Um, but, uh, not with Ahsoka. I, I, you know, we, we wanted to, we've been, like you said, we've been wanting to talk about her for a while now because, um, of just what an amazing character she's become. We've talked about her here and there, uh, on other episodes, but we got to the point where we felt that uh, she deserved her own episode. So I'm excited to be talking about Ahsoka this time. Absolutely. You're, you're absolutely right. Uh, regarding the, uh, I guess the reaction, the fan reaction of the, of this character, uh, created by uh, none other than uh, Dave Filoni, and I know uh, George Lucas had some, uh, you know, some influence there. You know, Ahsoka Tano. I mean, uh, what uh, we're, we're definitely going to talk about our first impressions when she was introduced to us. And if I'm not mistaken, it was during the Clone Wars movie, the film that came out, uh, the animated uh, first, um, you know, the first uh, foray into the Clone Wars. Uh, did you catch that movie in the theaters? I think it it, it was released in the theaters, wasn't it? It was, yeah. And it was a that's sort of a, a sad point for me. Uh, I was actually out on deployment um, when that movie came out in theaters, and by the time I had gotten back on land and got my way over to the movie theater, it had been out of the movie theaters for about a week. Uh, I mean, it 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 does have some rewatch value. But uh, it, it would have been nice to see it because, you know, we hadn't had content since uh, Revenge of the Sith came out in 2005. So it had been three years since that came out. But, yeah, I did miss it. Were, were you able to see it in the theaters? Yeah, I, I remember going into the theater, you know, didn't know what to expect. Uh, I thought, OK, this is kind of a, a, a cartoon. Uh, let's see what uh, what they bring to the table. Um I didn't have a strong reaction either for or against. I, I just thought it was, oh, it's, it's kind of a cool little, you know, standalone. And obviously at that point, you know, that was the first Clone Wars. So we didn't have any news about it, it becoming a series at all. So uh, I was, you know, I was happy that we got some new content. Um, but like I said, I didn't have any strong feelings other than... I guess, you know, with a lot of fans who saw that film, um, you know, Ahsoka was a bit um, over the top as far as her character. She was uh, a bit too, for me anyways, she was a bit too whiny. Um, you know, obviously she was a teenager. I, I, you know, you start to realize, well, that's weird. Anakin had a Padawan too. I mean, he was a Padawan last time we saw him and uh, it, it was just kind of, Right out of the gate, it was a little weird uh, for me. What uh, What about you? Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember the lead up to that. I, I, like I said, for the few months before that, I was out to sea. Um, but was the? Do you remember if there was? Uh, did they let everybody know that he was going to have an apprentice before that movie came out, or was that a surprise when she walked off that starship? You really think it's a good idea to bring a Padawan learner into all this? I spoke to Master Yoda about it. You should put in a request for one. You'd make a good teacher. 
<laughs> no thanks. Anakin, teaching is a privilege. And it's part of a Jedi's responsibility to help train the next generation. Padawan would just slow me down. A youngling? And who are you supposed to be? I'm Ahsoka. Master Yoda sent me. I was told to tell both of you that you must get back to the Jedi Temple immediately. There's an emergency. I think that was a surprise. I really don't remember a lot of uh, lead in, you know, any any news or anything, especially uh, back then. I don't remember anything, really. Um, I think we all found out that she was going to be Anakin's apprentice when uh, we were in the theater. And that's that's very rare these days because now, you know, we've got casting news, so we know who's going to be in it, or at least we speculate, you know, strongly who's going to be in this new uh, season of uh, Mandalorian. We, you know, everybody is spilling the beans all over the place. So it, it's, um, for me, it's unfortunate that we have all these surprises spoiled before we even get to see the product. I'd like to have seen, um, you know, have some really great surprises, you know, either in the theater or for the uh, for the new series. Um, but yeah, I, I really don't remember, Brad. Yeah. And what became intriguing immediately, and of course, this built up over time was what is the final outcome? What is her her destiny? Um, you know, because we knew, like you said, Attack of the Clones, he was, uh, you know, still in that Padawan state. And then uh, we know Revenge of the Sith. Uh, we had, you know, the whole saga was out by then. Uh, we know he didn't have any uh, sort of apprentice at the beginning of that. Uh, so what was to become of her? So that was immediately intriguing. But, you know, as far as first impressions, I I'm with you. Um, I, I think they did it on purpose. I think they wanted to sort of make her like Anakin Luke, you know, the immature type, the whiny brat type. Um, I'm not sure if that's what they what they designed for her, but that's definitely the way it came out or came across. Um, but the, the whole, um, you know, there's some people that really like the snips and, and uh, was a fly guy. Uh, I, I can't stand the whole snips and fly guy interactions. And they would still <laughs> sprinkle that in later on, you know, just for nostalgic purposes but uh i i couldn't stand that that irritated the hell out of me yeah i didn't mind too much the snips and fly guy i mean it, I, I guess it was part of their character but you know the the funny thing is that now i'm i'm listening to you describe uh your reaction to ahsoka uh you know initially you know star wars is always about you know the growth of characters you mentioned you know luke being whiny and now he's you know a master jedi and and so forth so it's interesting to kind of look at these characters, uh, you know, in, in hindsight and really kind of, uh, you know, talk about their, their growth. And I know we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Ahsoka's growth and her trajectory as a character and, and how other people relate to her. So it's really interesting to, to have this topic because we really kind of, you know, we're able to step back and really kind of remember what we thought of her and uh, really what we think of her now. So, uh I think we should just get right into it because uh, uh, Ahsoka, you know, like you said, it she's turns out to be one of the unifying characters in, in all of, of Star Wars and, and for a lot of fans. Yeah. So, you know, one, one of the biggest uh, first surprises was the fact that Anakin was her uh, to be her master and not Obi-Wan. Everybody, you know, 
the audience and everybody in uh, the Clone Wars movie assumed that it was going to be Obi-Wan, you know, uh, you know, Anakin had already made it to Jedi Knight status, so Obi-Wan didn't have a Padawan at that time. So everybody assumed naturally it was going to be Obi-Wan. Uh, what do you think about the decision for Anakin to be her teacher? Was he, was he the right – Did should Anakin have any sort of apprentice? And especially, do you think – you know, at first, do you think he was the right teacher for her? You're reckless, little one. You never would have made it as Obi-Wan's Padawan. But you might make it as mine. You know, it's interesting because, you know, we in a previous episode, we talked about Qui-Gon and, and having Qui-Gon be the uh, the teacher for uh, for Anakin. And, you know, I, I think the tables are turned here. I think um, I almost want to venture to say right off the bat that I think Anakin learned a lot more from Ahsoka than the other way around. Um, so it, it, it's interesting. It, it, it really is. I don't know if, uh, has any other Jedi had two apprentices? I mean, uh, would Obi-Wan be as a, a effective of a, of an instructor, a teacher, if he was worried about two Padawans? Um, I'm not sure that, uh, that might've worked, not have worked out, uh, too well. Yeah. We talked about, like you said, we talked about Qui-Gon, possibly being the right teacher. He would have been the right teacher for Anakin. But knowing what we know about uh, Ahsoka and her personality and who she is deep down, I think Obi-Wan definitely would have been the wrong answer for her to be her teacher. And, you know, the the later episodes of The Clone Wars, which we're going to talk about, would have turned out quite a bit differently uh, had Obi-Wan been her teacher instead of Anakin. I agree. It's uh, again, you know, Star Wars is about uh, growth, character growth, and traje- trajectory. And uh, you know, Ahsoka definitely has had uh, quite quite a journey. Yeah. So the the Clone Wars lasted. I think it was three years. I think it was roughly three years um, between uh, Attack of the Clones and uh, Revenge of the Sith. A lot of stuff happens in those three years. What do you think about her? Uh, her progression, as you described it, how, how do you think she progressed? Um, what was her arc like? You know, how did, how did you see it? Did you see it in real time or uh, did it take some, you know, some retrospection to, to see how she progressed over the course of the Clone Wars? I think over the course of the Clone Wars, you know, up until those final episodes uh, back in 2013 to catch a Jedi and wrong Jedi, those final episodes, um, you know, I, I think it, it took me a little more, you know, work to to see her progression there. I think, you know, you you really start to see it after those episodes because you know you realize well she left the Jedi Order. Why you start to think about why she did, you know, why she did that, and then she comes back as a Fulcrum in Rebels, and that really gives you an insight as to, you know, what she's been doing since she left the Jedi Order. Um, and obviously she appears at, at, towards the end of, um, oh, no, no, she, I'm sorry, she, uh, she, you can see how she turns into Fulcrum at the end of the Ahsoka novel when she meets Bail Organa. So it's, um, I think there's a lot that is revealed later in her arc um, than, than the episodes that, that we are shown in in Clone Wars. I think uh, you can extrapolate a lot more 
um, from the events that happened later to her in life because you start to put the piece of the puzzle pieces together you know after the fact you really you know you really don't know what's going through her head only later when when you see her in rebels and then obviously the the final um you know arc in in the clone wars do you really it, it's I don't want to say it's surprising. It's just it's it's an amazing arc. You really kind of have to sit down and really examine it to 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 go through all the components, everything that she's gone through. So I I think, you know, again, it's it was masterfully written. You know, we had a, a couple of comments um, when we posted the the fact that we were talking about this episode from some of our followers. Um, her trajectory, the way that she's written, I think that has given that character such a such a wide appeal um because of her strength because of her you know just the all the things that she's learned yeah you mentioned uh you know the the jedi on the run arc basically is what i like to call it and uh i for one i think that is her pinnacle moment in the clone wars i think you know adversity like that really shows your true revealed is she's one of the strongest characters in the star wars universe she could have uh, given in to Jedi Council, you know, she could have caved on her morals and principles, but she didn't. She stood her ground, and ultimately, that you know that that led her down a path where she left the Jedi. What would you say her pinnacle moment was, you know, throughout the course of the Clone Wars, I- including the the lost season and the most recent season that came out? Do you, do you think it's the, you know, the wrong Jedi arc, or do you think it's something else? Well, I, I want to venture to say that her pinnacle moment is probably a moment that we haven't seen yet. I think that that you know we we start to see the pinnacle moment at the end of uh, of the wrong Jedi, um, but she herself is not sure what she's feeling or what she's going to go through or what her next step is. So I, I think I I do think that the pinnacle moment happens somewhere off screen. Um, we get to see, you know, after the fact when she becomes Fulcrum and she's kind of starting to get in her own, um, you know, rhythm. Um, but I think that that makes her character even more mysterious and more, I guess, desirable to really get to know because um, we can only imagine what was that moment where she made the decision about the Jedi, where she made the decision about herself and her role in the galaxy. So I, I think that's exciting. Yeah, and you know we've talked about that in a previous episode. She walked away from the Jedi Order, but in no way did she walk away from the principles of the Jedi. I think, if anything, uh, you know, now that we're talking about it, I think she was able to kind of like bag those principles and you know take those with her. And then when the Jedi got eradicated through Order 66, she was able to take those principles with her and able to keep keep that alive, even though the rest of the Order, uh, you know, burnt down to the ground uh, via Palpatine and, and somewhat through their own doing. Um, and like you said, you know, that's how she developed into Fulcrum. Uh, how do you see the, the Ahsoka that we see in Star Wars Rebels how would you compare that character to the one that we last saw in the Clone Wars? Fulcrum. Ahsoka. My name is Ahsoka Tano. Why did you come here? Because of you and your apprentice. Many in this system and beyond have heard your message. You gave them hope in their darkest times. We didn't want that hope to die. So what happens now? I don't know. 
One chapter has closed for you, Ezra Bridger. This is a new day, a new beginning. Well, she's definitely more mature in in um, in Rebels. I think you know at that point, I think she, like I said, she that's the the moment where she decided what her role was as Fulcrum, as someone that was pivotal to uh, the actions of the rebellion. So uh, you know, she's like I said, she's definitely more mature. She's more developed, and. Um, yeah, I, I, I think she's fantastic. We, I, I've got. Uh, I want to read a, a couple of comments from one of our followers um, regarding uh, their reaction to Ahsoka. I think uh, it, it's uh, it, it's really great. I mean, you know, like you said earlier, you know, Ahsoka is one of these characters that really have, you know, they they're they're able to unite fandoms uh, from both ends of the spectrum here and uh i really think it's great so uh peace love star wars uh she says that uh, ahsoka is an inspiration when she read the book about ahsoka uh she felt strongly about her that uh, she even included her in an article that she wrote uh, she's courageous strong and disciplined lol to a degree um I, I i definitely think that those are qualities that a lot of people see in ahsoka and um, it just it's it's one of the things that makes her such a great character. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of get what she means by the discipline LOL part. Now, I think she I think Ahsoka is the disciplined version of Anakin. It is it is Anakin uh, with some discipline, with some restraint. Uh, she's got the same. She really does, I think, have the same spirit as Anakin does. I really think they are kindred spirits in that regard, but uh, she's able to, you know, harness hers, uh, control it and direct it. Um, you know, and we saw that uh, in, in the most recent uh, season or the, the final season of the Clone Wars, um, you know, where she's uh, the uh, Martez sisters, I think uh, the name of that, yes. the, the name of that arc where, you know, she's, not able to, uh, you know, use all of her. And, and, and yes, of course, you see it in the, in the Ahsoka book as well. She's not able to use the lightsaber and all that. She's not able to go full-fledged Jedi. Um, she, but she's able to get the job done using just her own wits and her own uh, deep understanding of the Force. And I think that's a, a really huge learning moment for her. And I know a lot of people give those uh, those episodes crap but, it, you know, I, I think it really shows uh, how Ahsoka adjusts to uh, not only regular life, but she's also adjusting to how regular people are adjusting to regular life. And I, I think it's a big moment. It's a big learning moment for her. Um, like you said, she can't use her powers. She can't tell anybody that she's, you know, she used to be a Jedi. And obviously what she learns from the Marquez sisters um you know, definitely would, you know, cause her some trouble if she told them that uh, she used to be a Jedi. My name is Ahsoka. Lovely name, Ahsoka. Ahsoka, this is my sister, Rafa Martez. How'd you end up with this smooth milker? She fell from the sky. I mean, really dropped right in on the Mech Bay platform. Where exactly are you from? I'm from Topside. Your sister's been helping me out. Yeah, you know, and we, we've talked about this before, you know, this sort of revisionist look at the Jedi 
And I've said it, I am on record, if anybody actually listens to the podcast, of saying that's one of the few parts I enjoy about The Last Jedi is where Luke talks about the failures of the Jedi. But, you know, there is there has been a lot of Jedi hate uh, as of late. Uh, so do you think, you know, now, you know, we we did learn a lot from that arc, you know, as far as how the normal, um, you know, society viewed the Jedi uh, as kind of being on this, uh, you know, this perch, uh, untouchable, but they think they're above the law and, you know, uh, above moral scrutiny. Uh, do But do you think we've been a little bit too hard on the, on the Jedi these days? I don't know. You know what you uh, what you just mentioned kind of uh, threw me uh, into another franchise. You know, you've got the um, the 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 last two Avengers movies where you know you see a lot of these superhero movies where you know buildings are destroyed and and uh, you know all these you know greater than bigger than life fantastic fights take place on earth or wherever and you see all this damage but you never really deal with the aftermath and I think. Uh, you know the, the the last two Avengers films, you know, especially the last one, really dealt with the aftermath, and we haven't really seen that in in Star Wars. We really haven't seen the impact that this galactic war has had on you know regular Joe. And you know, if if we're gonna go in that direction, I guess it's uh, you know it, it would be very interesting to see the other aspect of of war. And uh, obviously for someone like you, uh, you know, who is, uh, you know, very understanding of, of that concept, I think it, it would be a very interesting thing to kind of explore because we're always, you know, we always deal with the, the antiseptic uh, way of fighting a battle. But, uh, you know, when, when you really come d- and th- when you really think about it, it's, it's anything but um, uh, clean and neat. And, you know, we, we see a little bit of that in the, uh, the, the latest, you know, the last, not squadrons, but the game before the Star Wars game before that, when, Battlefront? um, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, ba- after Battlefront. Oh, Fallen fall Order. Uh, with, with Fallen Order. Fallen Order. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're taking apart these ships, they're scrap, you know, the scrap metal and, and all this stuff. And you see all this, all this stuff that we're used to seeing new when they're fighting these new battles, but they're in junkyards just sitting there. And, you know, you realize, well, where does all this crap go? Um, how, how is the war? How does the war affect uh, regular Joe Schmo? So it's, um, it's an interesting concept, uh, a concept obviously that, uh, that, you know, filmmakers and storytellers don't really kind of, you know, stick around to tell because it's it's not as glamorous i guess it's not as romantic uh but it, it is a reality and i think uh it'd be interesting to to kind of uh you know explore that a little bit more yeah and i think we have been a little bit myself included maybe a little bit too harsh on the jedi um yeah when we first saw the original trilogy they seemed infallible they seemed like the you know the uh, holiest people in the galaxy. Um, but I think it does at the same time illustrate how detached they had become. You know, I think they did spend too much time on Coruscant. They did spend too much time in the, in the Jedi temple, uh, instead of, you know, they had forgotten their roots. They have, you know, they were trying to win, um, you know, but they didn't know what they were winning anymore. Uh, so, you know, it, it was revealing in that sense. Yeah, I was going to say, knowing everything we know then about Ahsoka, what would you say is, you know, her legacy? 
how will she be remembered um, you know as a Jedi or uh, we can say now as a former Jedi what would you say Ahsoka's legacy is Wow, that's a hard one because, uh, you know, there's different aspects of, of her legacy. I think there's uh, the aspect of the legacy that she, you know, drew upon uh, when she was a Jedi, um, or at least her idealism uh, when she was a Jedi. And then, you know, learning that maybe that wasn't, you know, up to par to what she expected. You know, there's another aspect of her legacy that deals with you know, her becoming a, a regular citizen or maybe even, you know, I might venture to say that she might have left a legacy where, you know, it's it's not about being a Jedi, but just being the best person that you can be, whether you're a Jedi or not. So I, I think uh, I think one of her, you know, her her deepest legacy, her the legacy that really means the most is is something of a personal nature to each and every you know individual that that. Um, that lives in that galaxy. I think, uh, you know, I know the last Jedi uh, kind of dealt with, you know, you don't have to be a Skywalker to be someone special. Um, but, uh, you know, th this might be, you know, kind of a, a dovetail to that concept. Yeah, I think you nailed it. I, I think it comes down to, you know, we are not defined by titles. A title does not define who you are as a person. She renounced, you know, herself as a Jedi, uh, but became more Jedi-like than than anybody else in the Order at that. So she kind of, you know, shed those clothes, you know, a, a bit and uh, became who she truly was. Um, and, you know, we can't forget her legacy as far as the, you know, the birth of the rebellion. As we said, she was Fulcrum. And, uh, you know, the biggest part of starting something like that is, you know, we like to talk about is, is you know, intelligence gathering and stuff like that. And, you know, as Fulcrum, she did a great job at that uh, helped Harris and Dula, Kanan and, and, and the rest. Um, so, you know, she has a direct impact on that. Um, do you think, uh, you know, what, what does the future hold for? Obviously we're going to, we know she's going to be on the Mandalorian. Uh, what do you, what kind of impact do you think we're going to see there? You know, I'm, I'm always curious because uh, I've been asking the same question uh, for a while on, on, on the, uh, on the Scarif uh, account. Um, I don't know how the child or Ahsoka fits into the larger scope of, of the story here, because obviously, um, you know, when it comes to the sequel trilogy, we don't see any evidence of their existence uh, as far as we can tell. Uh, so where does the child fit into this story? Where does Ahsoka fit into this story? I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm excited to find out for sure. But, um, I, you know, since obviously everything is connected in this world, I think, uh, I will want to be pleasantly surprised when we find out, uh, you know, how the future kind of unfolds with, with both of these characters in the Mandalorian. And, um, I, I'm I'm excited. I, I I this is you know it's one of those things where you you, you want to be surprised and I, I think uh, you know with Dave Filoni and John Favreau at the helm I think we 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 definitely will you know Filoni is uh, is great I think he's he's great at keeping secrets and kind of leaving the surprises for the fans to really get excited over stuff. So uh, I, I'm looking forward to to finding out uh, with everyone else, all the other fans. 
And do you think we'll ever see Ahsoka and Luke Skywalker side by side, either, you know, in, in any medium, whether it be comic books or a novel, anything like that? Do you think we'll ever see them working together? Uh, well, never say never. And uh, in in this uh, day and age, you know, when, uh, you know, surprises are right around the corner, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if we see them side by side somewhere, uh, in, whether it's comic books or or animated series. But uh, yeah, it's, that would be uh, that would be a fascinating thing. I think, uh, you know, the, the dialogue between the two, those two characters really um it's an exciting thing to think about, you know, from everything that both of those characters learned about being Jedi's. I think, uh, I don't want to say they came at it from uh, different ends of the spectrum, but maybe they did, but, um, it definitely would be an amazing thing to, to hear, uh, you know, a conversation just kind of hang out with them. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think this has been an awesome conversation about Ahsoka. Like you said, we've been wanting to do this for a while now. She's such a dynamic character. She's come such a long way, you know, just like everybody in real life. Not, you know, not the same person she was, uh, you know, a few years ago, a couple years ago. Obviously, we've all seen that with 2020. You know, it's... (laughs) We've, we've all had to deal with change and stuff like that. And uh, Ahsoka is a prime example of that, you know, what adversity will do for you. So, you know, speaking of the Mandalorian, is, there's, a, there's a, a Darksaber in the Mandalorian, right? That is correct. A Darksaber in the Mandalorian, that was one of the surprises that no one saw coming. <clears throat> Again, you know, Filoni and Favreau at the helm, uh, leaving those uh, lovely goodies to the fans uh, so we can get, all get excited. Um, are you excited? I am excited. Didn't, didn't you uh, personally uh, you know, acquire a couple of them? Last time we were on uh, one of our YouTube shows, we uh, talked about giving away. I was going to give away one lightsaber or one dark saber and keep one for myself, but uh, that I, I think that would be kind of selfish and greedy of me. Uh, I, I think we're going to give away two dark sabers. Um, I know a lot of people have entered the contest. We uh, announced that last time around. And uh, during our Sentry Mode uh, Q&A, uh, what, you, you added a hashtag to it, uh, to the contest. What was that? Do you remember? Give me my Darksaber. Give me my Darksaber. That's right. So what we do have, uh, we, we had a lot of entries, uh, a lot of entries on the Red 5 network. We uh, put a form in there and uh, asked the Sentry Mode questions, but... Uh, we, we um, got a lot of entries. Some of the entries weren't complete. Uh, you were also supposed to, besides answering the questions, you were also supposed to post on Twitter and tag, uh, you know, tag us and tag some friends and, and answer the questions besides that. Um, but uh, we did, uh, we were able to pick out uh, two winners for the Darksaber Sentry uh, Mode contest. And uh, I'm super excited to uh, to let you know who they are, Brad. All right, who we got? So the first winner of the Gimme My Dark Saber Sentry Mode Scarif Scuttlebutt Contest is V2D2. Awesome. V2D2, winner number one, Darksaber Contest. If you are listening to the show, please direct message us and we will get you that Darksaber over to you. You can rule Mandalore. 
in your in your own uh, in your own way. <laughs> Fantastic. And like I said, I purchased two of those dark sabers. I was going to keep one for myself, but uh, I, you know, I, I like to you know you know us. We like to spread the wealth. Uh, spread the love uh, on these uh, scarf swag giveaways. So uh, I, I know we got a second winner. Who's that second winner, Brad? The second winner, and I'm proud to announce this one because I just bought an awesome uh, Wicket uh, collectible action figure. Uh, I saw on the shelf, had to get it. So with that in mind, the second winner for the Gimme My Darksaber is Apprentice Ewok. So Apprentice Ewok, hit us up, like Rose said, direct message, and we will get you your Darksaber. So those are the winners of the Darksaber hashtag Gimme My Darksaber Sentry Mode Contest. It was a lot of fun. Thank you guys for playing. We uh, love giving stuff away, and uh, the Darksabers are uh, two very, very lovely prizes. Yeah, I still need to get my hands on one. It'll, it'll look good in the uh, Star Wars Sanctuary. So, Brad, uh, during this uh, Q&A, uh, when we uh, prepared for this topic, I also asked folks to send us a voicemail over at the Scare of Scuttlebutt hotline. And just to remind you what that hotline number is, it's 773-234-8659. Give us a call. Leave us a voicemail. Let us know what's on your mind. We'd love to hear you. Let's roll those voicemails and see what you guys think. On the streets of Coruscant. Hey, Scare Scuttlebutt. It's Amanda, or Jedi Caligula 89 on Twitter. And I saw your question about Ahsoka, and I thought I would put in my feelings of Ahsoka. I absolutely adored her in the beginning, and I still adore her to now. Um, as a female Star Wars fan, I never had a female character that was a Jedi before, really. I mean, we had minor characters, but nothing, like, major. And I have always been obsessed with the Jedi and Sith and the Force and everything in Star Wars. So to actually have Ahsoka be a Jedi character was something I had always dreamed of as a little girl playing Star Wars. And seeing her become what a Jedi is truly meant to be is something incredible and something that I have always dreamed of, and I can't wait to explore more of Ahsoka's life and maybe seeing her eventually become the master and no longer the learner. All right, guys, have a good one. On the streets of Coruscant. Hey, Star Wars fans and friends of the podcast, don't forget to leave the guys a voicemail for a chance to be included in the discussion. Let them know what's on your mind. Call 773-234-8659. And that's the Scuttlebutt. All right, guys, thank you for those voicemails. As Rose said, we always love to hear from you guys. Uh, usually about Star Wars, but it doesn't have to be a Star Wars. You can call us up anytime, yep, about anything. And uh, we'll try to, our best to get you on the show. So thanks again for those voicemails. Now, Ro did uh, post a question of the week or allowed us, you know, one of our fans to post a question of the week. And we have some questions this week from our good friend, Ollie. So we're going to do a little Q&A with Ollie. 
Excellent, Ollie. Yeah, and, and, uh, sorry, it wasn't question of the week. It was uh, Ask Team Scarif. Ask Team Scarif, um, yes. Wanted, there you go. Yeah, so uh, I, I think there was, it was one of the evenings that I was bored, and I just posted uh, Ask Team Scarif anything. And uh, in true fashion, Ollie K., uh, our... Uh, one of our very, very early uh, scuttlebutters uh, has uh, asked a couple of questions. Uh, let's uh, see if we can talk about this real fast. So Ollie asks, do you think Shmi Skywalker knows whose Anakin's father was? Well, it depends on, you know, I, I still, I think what he means by that, uh, maybe who manipulated the force. Because uh, I, I don't think she was lying about there being no father. Um, I think there was no father. I think Anakin was born out of the force one way or the other. And it depends on whether or not uh, what happened in the comic books. I think that was last year, whether that was true or just a vision or whatever. Um, if it actually happened, I was, as it was shown, then, uh, she would have some knowledge that it may have been Palpatine, uh, that had some kind of influence, uh, on her. Uh, as far as uh, his conception. Um, but uh, the short answer, I would venture to say no. I do not. I think what she said in The Phantom Menace is still true. I, I'd have to agree from a certain point of view. Yeah, indeed. So he's got uh, a couple of other questions. Uh, you know, this uh, second question that he poses, and I know we've talked about this uh, a while ago, um, but uh, we probably had reacted to this question on Twitter. Uh, which character in the new trilogy got shafted in the worst way by the end? Um, you know, there's a couple of characters that got shafted, but I think, uh, you know, we... we um, I'm not sure if uh, we talked about that in our last uh, YouTube show, but, uh, you know, I want to say Finn, you know, we talk about uh, Finn's uh, trajectory and and at least how we think he was introduced in The Force Awakens. I know people, you know, started to speculate that maybe he was force sensitive uh, during the events of the rise of Skywalker. We realized that he wanted to tell Ray something specific. Uh, was it uh, I love you or was it uh, I have the force? We'll never know because obviously that uh, wasn't uh, kind of uh, fleshed out. But, uh, I, you know, I want to say Finn. I think uh, you you mentioned it in a previous episode. Finn would have been a really interesting character if they really went through and and. and and fleshed it out, you know, a stormtrooper that defects and is force sensitive. That's some hot stuff, man. Yeah, I agree. I, and I think it's Finn. And I could be mistaken on this. I'm sure one of our listeners or uh, Twitter followers will correct me if I'm wrong. I never did finish the novelization for The Rise of Skywalker, but I believe in there he does actually say it uh, somewhere along the lines that that secret was that he's force sensitive. Again, somebody please correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, the fact that that didn't happen on the screen is ridiculous. But yeah, you know, they, they set that, um, that story up from the get go, from the posters of the, you know, uh, the force awakens where he's holding the lightsaber. Um, you know, I think that was definitely intended to be foreshadowing and his story just fell short, unfortunately, cause it would have been awesome to see. Absolutely. So Ali, yes, Finn is the character that we think the new trilogy got shafted uh, story-wise. So yes, absolutely. 
Ollie's last question, and this is a good one because uh, as a collector, uh, you know, I, I think about this all the time. I know I talked about uh, this with uh, Hollow Chronicles uh, over at the uh, the other network. Um, so he asks uh, if you're able to keep one type of Star Wars collectibles but had to toss the rest, and it, it just pained me to just say that, uh, what would you keep? Would you keep the clothes, the toys, uh, or, you know, wh whatever it is that you have? What category of collectibles would you keep, and what would you toss out? Well, if we get to keep it broad, I'm definitely going to say toys. If I have to be more specific on toys, I would definitely say the, the Black Series of figures is my favorite series uh, of toy to collect for Star Wars, with uh, Pops being... Uh, Oh, not too distant second, but uh, definitely toys. How about you? Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, uh, shirts, uh, clothing, Star Wars clothing is is fine and dandy. But I think you know what I what means a lot more to me. Um, I would have to say a lot of the props that I have, a lot of the um, you know, I can kind of trickle it down even more. So I mean, if if I had to get rid of the Black Series, I guess I would, as long as I got to keep. Uh, some very specific props that I have, especially the uh, mini Darth Vader helmet that was signed and personalized to me uh, by um, by David Prowse. I think it's it's one of my most prized possessions. I went through a lot to get a lot of scares to get uh, to get that uh, signature when they did allow Dave Prowse to kind of uh, you know travel the the country uh, on the convention. So props and uh, some of my signed uh, pieces of, of collectibles, I would not part with those. And on a related note, yeah, if you just if you only had that prop with the the Vader the, the Vader helmet with David Prowse signature, I think that would be enough. And there is a documentary out there about David Prowse and what happened to him. I believe I saw it on Amazon, maybe it was, may have been Netflix. Um, but uh, search your streaming services, um, and it's a it's a good documentary. David Prowse definitely worth uh, giving that a view. Well, Brad, this was a great show. Uh, again, a new format for us. Uh, we're going to be doing a couple of uh, shorter uh, projects, shorter episodes to see, um, you know, how much these, how much you guys like them. Um, if you do like this episode, uh, again, short and sweet. We talk uh, one topic and uh, give our opinions on it, and uh, have some fun doing it. We'll include some of your comments as well, and uh, whatever else we have to say about that. What do you think, Brad? Well, you heard it here, folks. Uh, the, you know, for once, Roe and I are going to try to talk less. So you are welcome. <laughs> Let us know what you think because it is always sunny on Scarif. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the scuttlebutt. listener just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the red five network family red five network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love 
So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to red5network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. <laughs>